and welcome to Corners Corner. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Jeff. And I'm one of your other hosts. My name is Paul. And thank you for joining us tonight, dear listeners. Uh, how are you tonight, Paul? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Are you well? You're looking a little bit wet around the trousers there, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning in work at the moment. Uh, amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all, uh, anyone would think we were professionals at this, wouldn't they? Yeah. Actually, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> no. No, they, they um, really wouldn't. That, is that going to be the only water-related pun tonight? Uh, no, I believe there can be many more. I'll have a dig in at the deep end and see what I can pull out. Well, I'll plumb the depths here and see what <laughs> I can get as well. <laughs> so tell me, Jeff, why are we making a really piss poor attempt at uh, watery jokes now while we're doing this? <laughs> Whatever this well, is. <laughs> like like many other fans, we have been um, hyped up on Sea Devils after yes. the for, for Legend of the Sea Dee-dee-dee. Devils followed uh, Eve of the Daleks last week. Yeah. So we thought we'd, we'd go retro uh, for this episode and do our that. first classic review. Mm-hmm. So we're taking a look at the third Doctor adventure, the Sea Devils. The Sea Devils. So yeah. this is one that I've seen a couple of times before, but mm. uh, I have watched it in a couple of years. Um and I really enjoyed watching it again. Did you? It, yeah, I, I did. Um, I did a tweet, a retweet, a couple of days ago because um, a while ago now I'd done a tweet saying uh, a while ago Devils, I'd done a tweet. Yeah, a while ago the Sea Devils are the, are the are the classic villain I'd like to see brought back, and yes. uh, I tweeted it with "Dreams do come true." So oh, I, I'd always liked their design, and you know I liked this adventure. Mm. And Warriors of the Deeps is a good one as well. So, you know, to me, they felt like really kind of one of the last, um, you know, major classic villains, yeah. even though they've only been in two adventures, really, yeah. really. Um, and a handful of comic appearances and, and stuff, you know. But to to see that, you know, that shot of the, in the trailer was was really exciting. Mm, definitely. This for me was, you know, uh, yeah, really was quite exciting to see something I've wanted to see for a long time. And yeah. Come back looking so good as well looking so, really good yeah really good yeah so very excited for, for legend of the sea so yeah we, we thought we'd go back to to the past and, and have a look at this uh this the episode of time so this is an this is um one of the ones where the doctor and the master are where he the master's in every episode every story this series isn't he i think no 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 it, that is the previous series mr jeff Ah, okay. So, um, so yeah, the previous season to this was season uh, eight, I believe, which is out in the collection. That started with Terror of the Autons, where Joe Grant yeah. joins the Doctor as his uh, as his new assistant, and it runs all the way through to the Demons. And yes, the Master is in every every episode of that season, but this run, uh, season nine. Um, this is the only adventure that he appears in, I believe. Right. So they decided that I think Terence Dix and Barry Letts kind of said that we've made a, a bit of a mistake when uh, including the master in every story of this season. So we're going to bring him back just occasionally. Mm. I think. So obviously at the end of the demons, he was arrested yeah, and driven away, away at speed to the booze of many villagers and Morris men. Uh, and clearly he's spent the intervening time working his way to the top of the prison in which he is um, imprisoned. Funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, it's, it, it is actually quite late, people. 
just to yeah, just to let you know. Late, yeah, late. Um, so, so at least half past speaking. seven. Yeah. <laughs> so the the, the episode uh, the, sto- the story opens with um, what I presume is a submarine being attacked, um, and and it's the kind of thing actually that I'd love to see. Well, you redone modern, but you you did get it a little yeah. bit in Cold War with the um, the Ice Warrior on on sub, but um. But just one of my notes here is guy at the start covering his face and screaming, and then um, he puts both hands over his eyes and he and he screams. Yeah. <laughs> it's really catchy. Ah! I thought it was brilliant. He's uh, he, he's he's uh, he's on his way to see um, the master in prison. Wants to have a little kind of chat with him in his in his new place, and 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 this this is this. This quite this, this amused me to some degree actually because um, yeah we get that little prologue type thing which in if it was in the modern series would be the pre credit sequence mm-hmm. something yeah a little bit more kind of um, um, impactful than a, a little bit of shaky scenery and um, yeah and, and, and the scream over the face and it possibly wouldn't be pronounced uh, received pronunciation that's the word isn't it that's one yeah. thing that got me in this story actually everybody speaks terribly terribly well which I yes again I haven't seen this like you for for quite some time but it's uh, it, it did strike me as that anyway the plot is uh, from the doctor's point of view that he and Joe Grant go to visit the master. And they spend all of two and a half minutes talking to him and uh, the prison governor, Trenchard, um, who claims to have the master under control. But as we soon realise, it's completely the other way around, which is... So I've got a couple of notes here. And then the doctor learns about these disappearing ships because somebody tells him about them. And the master's like, why did you... Oh, that's right. Trenchard says something about it. And the master says, like, why did you tell him that? You know, and they're like, well, it's it's nothing. Mm, Let's hope so, says the master. And then, of course, in the very next scene, the doctor's like, what about all these uh, disappearing ships and stuff? And decides to um, pay the guy who brought them in on a boat. He robs his boat for, for the price of 10 quid. The guy looks the other way goes and grabs himself an ice cream. The doctor nicks his boat, drives off to this um, naval base. Meanwhile, Joe Grant is uh, is, is like, hold on, I want to go after the doctor. So she gives the guy another 10 quid and she robs his motorbike. And she goes to join the doctor. Uh, My note here is um, the the third doctor just doesn't care. He does whatever he he wants. He doesn't give a damn. He uses the boat and goes to look at at the torch (laughs) boat. And um, when he gets into the, uh, the prison... He, he yeah. takes the piss out of the master for looking like he's put on weight. So he, he does, yeah. <laughs> and then the master tries to hypnotize the guard because the trench shot says that the guards, are, guards are immune to hypnotism. I love that. The fact brilliant. that they've got a ready, a ready-made example right there, just to kind of throw in and, and show to anybody who might be visiting the prison that the master is everybody is immune to the master's yeah. hypnotic mesmerism and his his um his hypnotism is full-on eyebrow twitching oh, you it's will brilliant. Obey me. i'll tell you and, what and then the guy's just like yeah a cup of tea he just doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work very well sir yeah <laughs> um, now there was one shot that they had which i thought Go on. was Quite um quite yeah. impressive for the time where yeah. the uh, the camera moves into the TV and then it sort of passes through it. And oh, it the, does, the doesn't shot. it? Yes, yeah, you're right. There's, yeah. there's an awful lot of crash zooms in this story. There's a lot. Um, Sometimes they're a little bit um, more crash than zoom, but they they yeah. great ambition, great stuff. Who's the di- it's Michael Bryant, isn't it? In this yeah. one, yeah. Who had already um, done Colony in Space the previous season, right? So um, he had, uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely. Uh, it just just strikes me actually that 
actually, there's a lot of experimental stuff with this particular story. And I think that having those kind of um, th- those camera techniques is is one of them, I think, because mm. they use that a lot in the Pertwee stories I, I've noticed recently. But whether it's more after or before this one, I don't know. But interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a shot later on in, in one of the later episodes where the Doctor is running after a sea devil through... Mm. Uh, not tunnels, but it looks like it's kind of scaffolding type stuff, and the and the shot is all uh, an angle on its side, and it was quite um you know quite an unusual sort of shot. To yeah, yeah. At the time, um, one of my notes here as well is um as the uh, doctor goes towards the master cell, there's quite a, a, an obvious set of um fencing swords in the foreground of the shot. Yeah, they're there, aren't they? Yeah. Play a little bit later. Yeah, um, I love the relationship between the doctor <clears> and the master <throat> here because it, it's they're brilliant. Both obviously enjoying you yeah, know, the, yeah. the verbal sparring and stuff and, mm-hmm. and they're like old friends but enemies at the same time which is a sort of aspect that was brought back out with uh you know missy um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. used to go on about he was a, a best friend and you know all this sort of thing and there's a mention in this of, of being at school together um there is you're right we, yeah. we have finally see that in um, mm-hmm. in series three with tenant don't we um, and, and the and the untempered schism and everything. That's right. Um, yeah. So um, towards the um, oh, and the master watches clangers as well, doesn't he? Love that. Yeah. Love that. The master watches clangers. He, he, he thinks it's real. <laughs> even or, but Delgado's expressions whilst he's watching it, it are brilliant to watch because he's kind of involved and slightly disparaging of it. And yeah, I, yeah. I think actually that I can't remember that there's an exchange he has with Trenchard. Trenchard comes in and doesn't get it. He doesn't get why the master's watching this. All he sees is some weird puppet. And he's, I think he points out, doesn't he? They're puppets, you know. And then the master's like, really? Like that? But I, I get yeah. the feeling that the master, the master knows that. He's, he's taking a piss out of Trenchard. Oh, really? Because no, Trenchard is an absolute idiot. And he's <laughs> taken advantage of him fully. And, and, and the fact Trenchard doesn't get that the master gets that he knows they're puppets, you know, the guy's not stupid, but sadly Trenchard is. Uh, yeah, I thought that he was <coughs> real for some reason. Um, so we, we only really get a quick glimpse of a sea devil in this one, don't we? Um, yeah. There's two workers and one of them gets killed, doesn't he? And um, you yeah. can see just a hand, I think, isn't it? There's a couple of times when you only see hands. Just a little hand. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, or is that um is that where where's that? Is that the end of episode? Is that the end of episode one? Well they get the doctor and Joe get get stranded on the island after the boat is blown on the, on the fort, they? which I oh, thought yeah, was that's, that's right. it looks like a wooden boat and then it then it kind of just off camera there's a massive explosion and then you see it just like a little bit of flame on it. <laughs> 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 and you know, in The Simpsons, when they get when anyone gets really angry, they overturn a wooden table and it bursts into flames and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is at the end of episode one, isn't it? Yeah. So Clark and Hickman, the, the two guys who are in the the old sea fort, which is having a little bit of work done to it. So these guys mm. are just kind of caretaking the place. They're playing a bit of cards or something, and uh, and yeah, one of them one of them gets gets had by the creature. Yeah. And then. And then, meanwhile, while the doctor and Joe are sort of walking their way through the place, there's a big explosion outside. And when they look out the window, their boat is no more. That's it, it has yeah. gone. Yeah, that's it. So in um, part two, I've got a note here that says there's some techno babble about radios near the start, um, which I thought was a lot of uh, 
you know, techno babble. Um, <laughs> in um, in part two, it's it's when the, uh, the Doctor first meets the Sea Devil, and the Sea Devil looks so good, doesn't it? You know, it's it's got these. Big... It looks brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a thing of its time. I, I think, I mean, its eyes are quite static, but they look yes. suitably fishy. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've got that weird sort of almost translucency to yes, them that that fish eyes seem to have. I think there's there's a lot of care and attention. I mean, the, the mask itself doesn't look terribly mobile, but again, no. you know, this is 1972. It, it, well, it's, that's the thing, you know, you know but you've got to look at these things, anything from, from mm. the past, and think how would audiences at the time have viewed it based on, you know, they, they have no, you know, experience of the sort of stuff that we get now. Mm. So, you know, you, you watch the Sea Devils and, you know, you're not going to look at it and go, well, that's, that's rubbish because you just have no... Oh, my mum would. My, my oh. mum would totally do that. She did that all the time with Doctor Who. She she didn't care whether what year it was or, or what limited resources or cash was available, anything on Doctor Who that looked a little bit weird. She was like, well, that's a load of rubbish. She didn't talk well, like that as well, actually. <laughs> well, maybe people that's would rubbish that. Well, that's Sea yeah. Devil rubbish. That's Sea Devil uh, rubbish. Silurian rubbish, but you're right, yeah, exactly. But then she's just not into that sort of thing, so it doesn't matter. Well, for me, yeah, that, that does I mean, yeah. this is slightly before my I was around when this was done, but I would have literally been a baby in arms, so I, I never watched this first what, time around. What round. year was this one? 1972, I believe. Yeah, I wasn't around then. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a wee fella, anyway, so I wouldn't have been, you know, I wasn't even walking or talking or anything. So I wouldn't yeah. have remembered that. So, you see, I'm actually thinking about it. When did I first see this? I think I saw it on probably the same time I saw most classic Doctor Who's was uh, in the 90s when they, they were repeated on UK Gold. I think that's probably the first time I really, right. really saw this. I, th- I think um, I bought this one, well, it, it would have been sometime after the show came back. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I went through quite a lengthy phase of of buying the old classics because I'd find oh, them. Did you? Yeah, and, and they'd be like four or five quid. Or, oh yeah, yeah, they you know, did a really good price, uh, didn't they? Yeah, they did because I didn't buy any for a long time because they yeah. were like twenty one quid a time, and I same. Oh, I, yeah, I can't justify that. Just just and, wait and then, half a year or so, and yeah, then they uh, they just not price right down, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and I, I so I bought tons because you know they, they were much much cheaper. Mm. Um, one of the other notes I made on this one is it, it's, it's literally quite a big story in terms of its production. Yeah, it really you know, is, isn't it? Bases, helicopters, uh, and everything. Yeah, there's a credit to the Navy in the end. To, yeah, you know, so they obviously yeah. cooperate with them, and, it, and I think it looks really impressive. For, you know, well, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think because I, I think Barry Letts had, had wanted to do a story in the Navy just to kind of, you know, give give the whole season some scope. I, I, mm. I think him and Terence are really good at that, just looking at how, what sort of stories they can tell, where they could push them, you know, what they could do to kind of mix things up a little bit because they yeah. were earthbound. And that was yeah. their, the restriction that had kind of been imposed on them. So it's like, well, what can we do that's going to be more interesting each time? And I think... Um, uh, I, I was watching a bit of the extras, but sadly I did fall asleep, so I might not have caught the whole story. But um, Barry Letts contacted the uh, the Ministry of Defence, asked whether he could do it. So, yep, yep, you can absolutely do it because I think the, the the MOD were quite keen to pull, have the Navy portrayed in a positive light. Right, and uh, and I think that was the only caveat that was made on them. Actually, as long as as long as you know, the, the Navy is portrayed positively, then surely mm. you could do it. And they seem to be more than happy to go along. In fact, even I think they provided more than they wanted because there's a whole bunch of Super Eight um, film. 
eight mil, like uh, which some some people on the base had taken, and they had a right good yeah, old time. Stock footage. Lots of love yeah. by the by the look of things. Yeah, it's, but it's of course it's really nice using. Sorry, go on. It's just I think it's really impressive for for yeah. you know the time to to get something this you know big in in scale. Oh, definitely. Well, don't forget as well. I mean, they'd used um, the army a few times previous to this, hadn't they? So they they obviously got the army yeah. in the invasion, the Pat Troughton story, and a couple of times. And of course, yeah. the Doctor was part of units, so there was always you know some kind of military component to the Doctor Who stories of that era. And in fact, actually, I think the story before this, Curse of Peladon, was the first time. Oh, actually, no, because he had Colony in Space the, the year before. But um, I think increasingly they were just, again, just trying to get away from the format a little bit. So we'd had Colony yeah. in Space to kick off this season. Now we get the Sea Devils, which sort of sees a Doctor in a familiar surrounding, surrounded by military people. But, of course, it's not units. It's the Navy. No. So we have a brand-new Brigadier type with um, Captain Hart. Um, we don't have a, a Benton... Uh, look alike or anything like that. Oh, I suppose actually we got the yeah. commander of the submarine, don't we? Who's yeah. uh, but he he does his own thing. We got um, we got a, a Blythe. Uh, what's her name? Is it Jane Blythe? Uh, the... the the girl is on the phone a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is Jane Blythe. Yeah, which yeah. I, I just get confused because the the name of the actor playing that was June Murphy. So Jane Blythe, June Murphy. You can see how I get a little bit confused. Yeah, and she'd yeah. already been in Fury from the Deep. So, oh really? Yeah, Maggie, um, the wife of one of the guys in Fury from the Deep, who gets infected with the foam, the deadly foam <laughs> with the seaweed monster. <laughs> so it was really good to see her, and then she sparks. Uh, well, you can tell there's a bit of chemistry between her and um, uh, Joe Grant as well. There's you know sort of. Yeah. identification between the two of them. She gets treated badly by the, the, the ministry guy later on. It's you know, this story is packed full of one thing I was thinking of when I was watching this, right? Because again, I, I watched um I watched four episodes in one go and then watched two the night after. I could have easily, yeah. I think, watched all six if I hadn't just, you know, had something else to do. But because it, it just it's a thing with six-part stories that sometimes they feel like they're too long. So you get some mm. kind of artificially created you know sort of story break so you get like um, a two-parter followed by a four-parter or sort of what you know if you look at the seeds of doom tom baker story for example right you get two episodes set in the antarctic and then you get four episodes set in the middle of england right as they battle the crinoid thing but this one doesn't do that this is a six episode story you know mm. it's, it's one story divided into six chapters kind of in a yeah. way like the flux was but you know oh, that yeah. you can tell there it, it's seamless the whole story has a beginning middle and an end yeah you know it doesn't have two beginnings or or, or, or one false ending that leads on to a beginning no. of another phase of the thing you could argue that no, maybe it's... it does change direction slightly in episode five when the doctor's in the um in in the base of the sea devils but actually no because that's just the conclusion it's of the story a, you know yeah, so it's a natural progression for it exactly yeah. and that's what uh, i really I, like about a lot of these stories from this uh, Era. I felt Sorry, that it I was, rambled on um, a bit there, didn't I? No, no, no. You're, you're right because it, it is one big story, and it's it's possibly um, you know half an episode too long, maybe. But obviously, that wouldn't really. How <gasps> very um, dare you! But it just because I was watching <laughs> it, thinking, "Hey, you could probably drop that shot. We don't need to see that." So long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you mentioned Joe there, and um, the, mm. the the 
everyone knows, but you know, the relationship with her and, and Pertwee, it's just brilliant. They, they oh, obviously oh, had a great it, it, time yeah, together and really, really fond is. of each other. And I had a note here that says Joe mm. doesn't think his his old lash up, as she calls oh, yeah. it, will work. And then he gets a <laughs> response from it. And he's all sort of, you know, praises it. Oh, you know, I knew it would work. And then it blows yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. That, that kind of, you know, is quite a good little encapsulation of their relationship together and the sort of, you know, mm. banter they, they've got. Um, so the doctor was he he wanted to sort peace here with, with the sea devils, didn't he? Much like with the, the Silurians, you know, yeah, he was dead against having them bombed and everything. And it's such a prominent, um, uh, you know, particularly for the third doctor, counter trait, mm. I think, isn't it? To, to try and kind of broker peace and, and everything. Um, so I liked that. Um, oh, yeah, so I was talking about shots. So the doctor getting the golf ball into the glass, uh, oh, yeah, that was more fun. impressive in, in yeah. one shot. <laughs> oh, so that was quite good. But also, also again, you see, what, what another thing I really, really enjoy about this story is the the depth of the characters, and and going back to the whole thing of having six episodes, it really allows the story and the character, it allows the story to breathe, to take yeah. its time to get to where it wants to go. And having said that, it's actually a pretty fast paced story. There's a lot of very fast cuts. There's a lot of um, intermediary stuff that we don't see. We don't see them traveling all the time from one place to another. They leave a place and then they're in the next place within yeah. the you know within the next frame sometimes. But going back to what I was saying about the allowing the story to breathe, that's one part of it. So the story takes its time to get to certain places, but it, it never feels to me anyway like it's too slow. It, it's it's just the right sort of no. place. It, 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 no, you're, you're right. And I said it felt like it was a little bit too long. And, and I think I was just kind of looking at it from, you know, mm. oh, I, I could probably live without this shot of him getting into the boat being this long, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, the, there's so many good moments in it. And, and in, like you said, it gets a chance to breathe and, and, you know, fantastic character. But I mean, my next note here is the fencing fight is great. It's yeah, such, such yeah. a extended little piece and you know they're they're having a blast doing it and it's it's great fun doing that they, they you, really are yeah they're, they're having a, a great time with that you can tell yeah and and i think they, they yeah. speeded it up as well so they they um i think in the edit they decided to just turn it up a little bit so it felt a bit more um dynamic i guess right. whether that's true or not i don't know but i seem to recall hearing i think it might have been in the extras Michael E. Bryant. But I just wanted to say on the on the character piece as well, because and, and going back to the bit with the with the doctor putting the golf ball in, because that directly references the whole conversation that Trenchard had with Hart. So when the master breaks into uh, the naval base to steal some sonar components, Trenchard goes right up to Captain Hart's office and, and distracts just say, everybody. Is, hang on, with this, is that yeah. when the master is walking around in disguise by wearing a hat? Yeah, wearing a hat and the whole yeah. naval naval get-up, yeah, yeah. And, and nobody questions him or anything. They just salute him because he's an officer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, point is, um, Trenchard breaks, Trenchard storms into, uh, or just walks into Hart's office where the Doctor and Joe are sort of in deep discussion, planning their strategy, and starts this ridiculous conversation up about golf, which sort of comes from nowhere, and, and Hart looks a bit discombobulated. He's like, why are we talking about golf like now? And mm. obviously there's this this whole whole thing about the old boys and their, their golf, golf date and, you know, who's going to play, who's going to stand in, and it's a ridiculous thing, but obviously it's a diversionary tactic. The Doctor is just exasperated by the whole thing, and John Pertwee just plays it brilliantly on his face, and Joe's a little bit more kind of 
you know, understanding and empathetic, perhaps. But of course, what that does is when the doctor, uh, oh, and, and then of course, when we, a bit later on, when we get um, Trenchard trying to knock the golf ball into the glass and failing, and of course, mm. the doctor does it in one, it's, yeah. it's just that, you know, that connection between. You know, obviously Trenchard plays golf. He, we don't know if he's any good at it. We don't hear him say that. He's not bragging or anything like that. But clearly, you know, he's not able to do that that putt. And, you know, he's got something on his mind or something stopping him or he just can't do it or whatever. The doctor, calm and composed, putts it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's probably never even lifted a golf stick in his life, perhaps. <laughs> or does it through the magic of maths and measuring yeah. angles and speed and, you know, all the re- resistance and friction and stuff like that and does it which probably is the case, but, you know, and I love that because again, one, one thing that seems to characterize John Pertwee's doctor and the same in some way with the 12th is a sense of one-upmanship, almost mm. quiet one-upmanship. You know, that it's, it's strange that the doctor is, is always like a, an anti-authoritarian kind of character. And yet throughout John Pertwee's tenure, he's part of the authority, the establishment in a way, you know, yeah. he's, he's working for the military pretty much United Nations or whatever. But of course, you know, it's not quite that straightforward, but he, what we see in, in John Pertwee's tenure is, is a lot of um, authority figures coming through. We get men from the ministry, we get the old boys and our old boys club, we get commanders, captains, brigadiers, sergeants, you know, the, mm. the whole gamut of kind of um, patriarchal roles that throw into it. And they're all full of their, puffed up with their self-importance, which I believe yeah. is a line from, from some story or another. And the, the, and, and the third doctor, being part of that, takes them all down. You know, yeah. in just a few short words, a few sentences, but he can only take them down because he's he's he plays that game of one-upmanship. So regardless of what they think of him at the start, like he's a you know he's a, he's a clown, he's someone who wears wears crazy clothes and has ridiculous ideas and notions of environmental, you know, uh, and peace and equality and, and everything else. You know, he's he's too flamboyant. So when he comes in and betters and 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 you know, does that verbal sparring with them and yeah. comes on top of them and better than them in a way and has that little look in his eyes. It just feels so satisfying to watch. Yeah. And Pertwee plays it effortlessly. And he's never sort of mean with it, is he? You know, it's it's an... Int- he can be a bit acerbic at times, but... Yes, but he's, he's not putting them down or being horrible to them, Anderson, is he? Oh, you I know? don't know, mate. <laughs> I think oh, really? there are think? times where I, I think so, but I think it's how you read it. Say so that again? I think it's I think it's how you read into it, isn't it? So yes, possibly, you know. yeah, mate. But maybe I didn't think he, <laughs> he was that mean. Um, I I had a note here. This is from part three. There's a bit yeah. where um the the uh, Joe sees the doctor at the window. He's he's in the cell, I think. And uh, I said it's a bit like a cuter version of Donna and Ten when they see each other. Across yeah, the, I thought the that as well. Yeah, and I then and then she she does a little twirling moustache thing for the master. Yeah, that's right. Brilliant. And, really uh, just, good stuff. Just, you know, just another great moment. Yeah. Um, so the the uh, cliffhanger um, part of this one is um, they're trapped on there. They've got the master behind them. They've got guards to the side. And and mines to the other side, and then the sea oh, yes. out of the water, which, yeah. is, which is their sort of iconic moment. That's isn't the it? moment. It got me thinking. Actually, I wonder if they'll do similar for Legend of the Sea. Oh, I think they have to. I've got to, and they, I wonder if they'll they modernise it by maybe I don't know. They they leap out of the water or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll come steaming out there in, in some yeah. way. Yeah, jumping twenty feet in the air with dra- dragging up a murka. That's what yeah. I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> there's no murker in this one, is it? So we'll leave that till till the next till the next, next sea one, devil yeah, based yeah. podcast that we do. 
Because there will be another one, people. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're gonna, oh, yeah. We're, we're not just going to leave it in this one, I'll tell you now. Gonna go um, deep. Just going back to what you were saying about um, the Doctor Broker in Peace, because apologies, I kind of cut you cut you off on that one. So um, it's, it's worth talking about, I think, because um, this is something that happens in all of these. So we've, we've, we've had the Silurians or, you know, Doctor Who and the Silurians to give it its full title. Eh, eh? Yeah. And, uh, and same thing happened there. And it was, you know, it all ended in tears as all the Silurians in that, that, that combine were commune or whatever were blown to smithereens. And then we had it in this one, although it seemed to me in the sea devils to be a slightly less um, emphatic, part of it you know the doctor mentions it because he wants yes to it's again. not it's not kind of um yeah it only really sort of happens at, it, it, at that point you know that's mm. obviously the, the goal but it's not kind of repeated. i think it's quickly dealt with it it seems to me doesn't it i mean none of them really seem to take it so the sea devils at first don't take it seriously and then sort of entertain the idea but i think when is yeah. it when the, the submarine breaks out or they blow up the cave wall to escape and uh, and then the master sells you see i told you humans what they like and the sea devil's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there are a bunch of buggers out there. Again, peace for you know, good seconds of war. And then, of course, on the human side of things, we've got the, the man from the ministry who just wants a nice breakfast uh, and yeah. treats everybody badly. Um, you know, wants to sort of be a bit of a hero type. And he just wants to. And But what I like is the fact they reference the Silurian story. And and the, the you know, the doctor can't really get a word in because... What the uh, what the man from the ministry said, I can't remember his name, but what he says is, yeah, well, how was that dealt with? You know, what happened there? Well, the brigadier blew them up. So, you know, quite the right thing to do. Yeah. And it's like, the, the, there's no way for the doctor to really succeed in this. So, and, and it seems to be, it seems to kind of peter out in some way. So it's there, it's present. It doesn't really go anywhere. There's, it, it provides a little bit of conflict and a bit of interest. And that, that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm, mm. I'm not using it to kind of trash the story. Um, but it moves on very quickly beyond yeah. that and into you know the next phase of it. Yeah, it um, yeah it, it, it ends. Uh, well, I wrote here, mankind of course bombs them with no interest in in peace, and it's a bit mm. of a you know the, the fear of the unknown. You know they, they don't know yeah. what these these creatures are. They they're not interested. Whereas you can see, mm. you know, when the, when the doctor talks to the sea devils, you know, he, he, I'm going to try and do an impression of him now, but he says they really don't do that. It. <laughs> and, and you know, they they are open to you know entertaining this and and you know to mm. see what could happen. And what what does the doctor say? There's plenty of places where you you can be. Yeah, it can be your place. You know, he, he wants yeah, to let help. them have the sea. And um, well, the, well, the doctor often says that any mm. any doctor, but you know, I, I can take you somewhere, an uninhabited yeah, planet, yeah, and yeah. home you, and, you know, things like that. Um, I so I had a note here on part four that sequence with the landmines uh, and the oh, sonic yeah. is great, and and the scream from the sea devils is horrible. It's, a, it's, it's pretty a, nasty, you know, isn't it? It's yeah, an awful noise. Yeah, and, it's um, nearly as awful as the incident with music. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my other. I was hurting my ears at some point. Oh my I, god! I put um. Hang on, let me just go back. The music, double the music, Malcolm Clark's um, <laughs> warbles and weeps and random yeah. electrical farts from the Radiophonic Workshop. Yes, it, it, it's not. Um, it's not really music. It's not, it's just it's not the easiest thing on the ears. Although, no, it, I, I, I actually, bizarrely, I did find myself not noticing it after a little while. Yeah, and it was I, just I part of the texture of the show. Yeah. It eventually sort of goes into the background a little bit, you know. Yeah. Sort of but I think actually that sequence in the minefield is when it, it comes back 
with mm. a vengeance. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's really it's, nice. Because uh, we not only have yeah. yeah, we not only have the music in inverted yeah. commas, um, but we have <laughs> the, the, the sound effects as there. well. When um the doctor and Joe are trying to run through the barbed wire and um ah, he, I can he say. throws himself yeah. over it. But when I was I watching it, it's like what the fuck? It was <laughs> the hell is no, he falling? Throws on it. himself down on that yeah. barbed wire, which okay, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. So that's fine. And I laughed and I was Don't like, okay, that's I thought he tripped and they just looked <laughs> no, it in. And then he does, does it, it again. again. Yeah. And I was like, oh okay, I got it now. It just looks so I so love stupid. it. I love that. It, but it's no, like um, it's it's like it's like when you get um, I mean okay so Pertwee Pertwee was in the navy apparently wasn't he I'm, I'm sure he was I think so yeah he was yeah he's, he's got yeah. he's got a tattoo which we saw in Spearhead from Space when yeah. he was in the shower doesn't it you know so yeah he, he was and he was in the navy lark as well so it, there's always been that bond with him in the navy and, and clearly and, and right, he knows what to do with barbed wire and, well he obviously that's, does that's and, what you and, do. And, and we all know that you know Pertwee loved. You know the action and and the yeah. vehicles and the adventure and in fact my next note it's almost like a plan. This is there's quite a lot of action Amazing. in this one with the shootouts there in the is. base and yeah. you know it is quite you know if they did that this today you know this this would be a real thrilling kind mm. of uh, actiony piece. Oh, it, it would be yeah, and, and for the time still still good you know it is um, because obviously things were written at that sort of pace back in those days mm. that was just how tv was and and, and yeah, even exactly. now to me it didn't feel slow it felt no. right and okay you could trim it down a quarter of an episode if you really wanted to but think what you would lose well that's the thing there isn't really you, you wouldn't lose anything plot wise it would just be Shots that were too long. It would be. That, it would be. It. But but then again, I think with those things, they add color and texture yeah. to the story. I, I quite like those things. Are, are really important. I think it's something that we we. It, it's quite easy to forget about those. Right. You know, when when we watch TV now, that's a lot quicker pace. It's like let's get to where we're yeah. going as quick as possible. Let's keep the audience engaged. Let's give everybody eyes. If you know, if we if we fail to do that, if we fail to let up for even half a second, our audience will be on their phones. They'll be looking at TikTok mm. and all sorts of things. So we've got to keep things moving. And it's just got to go quicker and quicker and quicker. And I think what happens sometimes is that the story itself, for me, the story is king. And I don't care whether it takes, you know, whether it's a story that moves quick or whether it's a, a story that moves slow, as long as it's right for that mm. story to be told in that way, you know, at that sort of pace, I think that's fine. It, you know, if you get a fast story that's padded out and it becomes slowed, then it's wrong. Likewise, if you get a story that needs time to breathe and it's constricted because of it's got to, you know, it's got to move quicker than they, than they, than it was written for or mm. it's whatever, then it's, 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 it's equally wrong. It's just got to yeah. be right for that thing. And that's down to the creatives to stand up for their material and get what they want on screen and yeah. trust the audiences to be intelligent enough to, to they'll get go it. with it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my personal beef. I've got a beef with Yeah, it. no, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Beef. Um, beef. Beef. Hashtag beef. Um, so I had a note here as well that said, uh, it was really strange seeing the doctor in a waterproof jacket. Well, you mean the, the puffer jacket when they when him and the master come up to oh, well, when like they look like Zygons? Yeah. <laughs> or do you mean or do you mean the blue one? It was, was blue one in, in the diving bell. Yeah, it's got no frills on it. There's no frill jacket. You know, yeah. it's, it's like um, <laughs> you know, seeing him in a in a tracksuit or something. It's not right. <laughs> the doctor in a tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. 
it's 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 a great story. I, do you know? I like you. I I think I said earlier. Actually, I, I haven't seen this for for many many years, mm. and I can't say it's ever been my favourite story, but. I really, really enjoyed watching it the other night. You know, I, yeah. I really did, probably more so than I than I've ever done. And you know, I I I I love the performances of it. Delgado's master is absolutely magnetic. I think if well, I, if I, anyone I listens to this podcast hasn't seen any Delgado epi- uh, Roger Delgado episode, third Doctor Master episodes, go out and watch one now. You know, yeah, you, you must because brilliant. you can see the you know the the, the friendship between them and, and they're you know really enjoying that that time together mm. and um, because they were great friends in real life, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he died, didn't he, Delgado? And, and he did. It, yeah, a couple was, years after was this. It, was it when? Because um, one of the reasons that Pertwee left was because was Delgado not in it as much, or had he died? Or, or? Yeah, well, he he died after at the end of um, well during after after season ten had been filmed pretty much. Yeah, he was he was being driven to a he was filming in Turkey at, at a, on a movie somewhere out there and the guy driving him to the location was just getting a bit tasty around these mountainous bends lost mm. control of the car and it, it went off and yeah it was it was pretty horrific by all accounts but I, I think you're right I think Pertwee I don't think any of them really did listening to the documentaries and the interviews and reading up around it I don't think any of them from you know Pertwee and you know Katie Manning and, and Barry Letts Terence Dix and the directors and everybody who was involved they never got over that I think yeah. they all carried the grief and the loss of that right through and it, it, it I don't know if you can really tell in the change between season 10 and 11 um, but to me it does feel like some of the life has gone from the, you know to a degree from the show and it might just be a, a, a almost like a psychosomatic thing so it, you know yeah, we know, yeah. It, it doesn't feel the same you know season 11 mm. doesn't feel the same as everything that had kind of got up to to that yeah, point it does yeah. there is a difference but then you know it might just be because we've got new opening titles we've got a new companion and things you know have a different kind of polish to them but yeah, yeah it, it yeah really sad actually it's a, this, this was a, a great story and you know it, it obviously um oh, sorry yeah uh, this this was a great adventure and it obviously made a, an impression on me because of the fact mm. that i've been wanting to see the sea devils again for for so long and yeah, um, yeah. we need to look at um warriors of the deep next don't we with uh, the fifth we Doctor. do so did you recognize the um the submarine captain as well the or submarine commander that that beard, that beardy fellow, the the tall fellow with the rather lush beard and the somewhat piercing hooded eyes. <laughs> no, I, I didn't recognise him. It really puts you out of his misery, right? It, it took me a little while to to get it, but then I kind of I, I saw his name in the credits, and I thought, of course it's him. It's um, it's a, it's a somewhat younger Donald Sumter, who was um the president or Rassilon in in Hellbent. The Peter Capaldi 12th Doctor uh, episode held bent. Yeah, 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 you know, so obviously a little bit older in them days, but you know, it's um yeah, just just thought I'd just thought I'd kind of land that one in with you, Jeff, you know, just to show off my you know, my um actor knowledge type stuff. Your so, um your your eye for talent, yeah. My my ability to recognize actors or half recognize actors and then to find them on online. <laughs> and figure out exactly who they are and who they do you ever watch it and you go oh who's that who's that there they're there yeah. oh they look familiar and you spend ages kind of trying to figure out who they are 
And um, of course, now I've got Freya. She just as soon as I say anything like that, she's on it pretty quick. Yeah, she, she's, she's already been, googling. She's, that she's on IMDb uh, and, and, yeah. and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool though. You know, the, the old president. Yeah, that's great. Had me going for a while. Have, have you have you read the books of of the Sea Devils? No. Oh man, you need to. Right. These this book. I got I got I got several. I got several editions. Right. Look at that. <laughs> I've got an old one and a slightly less old one. But right, the book right written by Mal- Malcolm Hulk, who who wrote the the, the, the script, the TV script, right, is a really great character analysis of Trenchard. It's all the prison scenes are told pretty much from Trenchard's point of view, and it goes into you know he, he you understand him. I mean, this this is the thing, right? Mal- Mal- Malcolm Hulk being um, you know being a proper lefty, um, you know, I, I think he was quite politically active in his day as well. He was um, there. This amazing thing that there's clearly no love lost for the Trenchard types, you know, the old colonial, mm. colonialists, and the same with the man from the ministry as well. And yet, even despite that, he he treats them with um, respects the wrong word. He he gives them depth. He gives them mm. a believable life and a background that kind of rationalizes or provides the foundations for their ways of thinking and their actions. Because you think about this, right? You've got the master somehow being able to take over the prison and, and, and use Trenchard to, you know, as, as an instrument to get what he needs. So how does he do that? And, and again, the doctor asks the question, what have you got on Trenchard? And it's these promises of, um, you know, kind of uh, 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 sort of, it's, it's not it's, it's giving him a, a sort of chance to find his heroism in in some respects to, to, to be a hero but you know by defeating the the you know a, a foreign enemy a foreign enemy power yeah. and it's the same thing that that the doctor says to walker uh, is, I think it, I'm saying Walker. Is it Walker, the guy, the man from the ministry? Anyway, it's just, the doctor says the same thing to him to get what he needs as well. So there's almost like a parallel, you know, mm-hmm. between the master using Trenchard, obviously for his own nefarious ends, and the doctor using the man from the ministry. They both use the same argument against, and they're very similar types. You know, the, the MOD guy in Trenchard, they're, they're, they're from the same sort of mold. But in the book, you really get a great feel for um, for, for Trenchard and and why he allows the master to kind of, and 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 the sort of regrets he feels as well and the questions he asks like has he gone too far is is the master now in too much control and and how how do I bring this back and it's this real head spin that a guy is in throughout the whole of that book it is a brilliant brilliant target novel and I oh, love they, they do that um a lot in in the target books don't they you know they can expand I, I think this and... one more so you know it really, really is a, a big big character study so if you if you love character then that's that's a great great novel to read well on the uh flip of that if you like comics yeah <laughs> I, feel like I can't follow that with any kind of <laughs> actually no I'm not, not saying that comics aren't you know uh, comics are great, man. We, we both yeah, love no, I, I love comics. There's a, there's a really good uh, 12 and Clara uh, story, which is called School of Death, which has Ooh. got the sea devils in. And um, it, it takes place in Scotland at a kind of mysterious old school. Um, and that, that was a really good uh, story. So if you haven't read that, it's worth checking that one out. Nice. Um, so we did a tweet. Uh, earlier we, did a tweet. we did a tweet. We did a tweet. Thoughts. So um, I'll read a few out for us here. Yes. Um, so Aiden CG01, uh, 
he says it's a great episode watched it for the first time in full last year having previously seen clips from it and loved it the sea devils themselves are quite creepy in places oh, they the are. fight scene between the doctor and the master is superb and Aiden Love has finally put a, a sword fighting gift there he's the done a gift there oh i tell you what i meant sorry i meant to say this on the, when we talked about the sword fight actually but there is um there's a moment where the doctor halfway through the fight the doctor whips the sword away from the master it's it's almost at this point actually when when they're falling over the table and, and eats a sandwich right has a little bit of, bit of banter and then gives the master back his sword because he wants to carry on he wants to continue this fight he's like oh i've had enough i'm enjoying this right <laughs> let's do some more <laughs> so he throws his sword back to him and then the master has to resort to dirty tricks of throwing a knife it, it feels uh like a little ad lib there <laughs> um, so we, we got two tweets here uh, from nerdperson5 um, and our friend Gail writes uh, at Mealy Garage um, nerdperson says I'll re-watch Silurian Sea Devils and Warriors of the Deep closer to the release of Legend of the Sea Devils mm. so you need to come back and tell us your thoughts when, you, when you've watched them um, and Gail says uh, that reminds me I watched the first episode of this story a few, few days ago so we'll need to return to it and watch the rest yes so maybe do that Gail do we, that we, we do this um, Multiverse of Mikeness, he says, I've only seen it once about five or six years ago. Like most six-parters, I remember it being plodding and boring for a lot of it, but notable <gasps> iconic moments like the clangers or the sea devils emerging from the sea. Uh, definitely need a rewatch, uh, but I'd say it's distinctly average. I'm not talking to you anymore, Mike. Yeah, Mike, I'm turning away. I'm turning uh, away. <laughs> John, I'm not going to um, talk to him anymore. Paul, Paul's in uh, in in tears now, uh, <gasps> but maybe our podcast will help you uh, go back for a rewatch yeah. and, and a reappreciation. Um, Cooper Hillier says, "I love it. It yeah. is one of my absolute favourite stories from the Third Doctor's era. Even though it's a six-parter, there isn't a dull moment throughout the whole thing. The Sea Devils are one of the best, and I'm so happy they're making a return this year." Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, someone who I think is new to us, uh, Gary Pryke, the ever-living, whose handle is the Banzai Kid. <laughs> he says, N- uh, though not overall one of the greats, it does have a lot of good moments. The sea devils coming out of the water is iconic. The Doctor and the Master scenes early on show glimpses of the friendship that they have always had, even though they're enemies. Um, the clanger scene is very funny without making it out-and-out out comedy, and it's nice that it was homaged later with John Sim watching the telly television. Yes, it was, wasn't it? I remember now. Yeah. Um, and he says, Pertwee is a great doctor, but I think Delgado steals the show, the original and Ooh. best. Um, Latoro Medina says, great story, one of the six parters that never feels long, iconic moments such as the sea devils on the beach and the master and the doctor having an epic sword fight. Yeah. Uh, James H, who's at FitGeek underscore UK, says uh, uh, a great idea, but one of those stories where right from the word go, you know how it will end, uh, even though the sea devils aren't necessarily evil or bad. The last centurion, who is at Kelly's Encanter, says my overriding memory doesn't even involve the story itself, rather the soundtrack. (laughs) The music from the show was on a vinyl I had as a child. It terrified and fascinated me in equal measure. It was always on it still haunts still me. Haunts. See, you know, I listen to quite a lot of film scores and, you know, they, they bring back memories, don't mm, they? And they do, yeah. They play things in your head and they, they live with you, you know, out, outside of the, the film. And, you know, we said this music wasn't fussed, but look at the effect it's had on, you know, lots yeah, of children. That's yeah. brilliant. 
Um, DWSSG01 just says, terrific story. Um, <clears throat> Jason Thompson, who's at Jason underscore JTT, says, thanks to the BBC Two repeat season in 92, which maybe was when you saw it, Paul, this was my first look at the third Doctor in action. I was 13 and just at the start of being a fan at that time. I loved it. The music's unique. The monsters were realised and Delgado is sublime. Yeah. And then John Porter at J.S. Porter 1966 says it's hugely memorable, certainly one that I remember from original transmission and the odd repeat. Yeah. I watched it the other day, still stands up well, uh, apart from that backflipping little one. <laughs> it's epic, a superb cast, but it's a bit long. You know, so that's fine. You know, so many people there love it. Mm, it's brilliant. Mm. It's a lot of uh, love for this story. Yeah, There is a lot, yeah. So yeah, I've really enjoyed watching watching this again and um and diving Same. Into it yeah. for a while. Um so hopefully, um, dear listeners, you've enjoyed our first bit of classic who uh review, classic who review. Classical um, review. Classical so review. Are we gonna well that's quite good. That's, are that's we gonna tackle Warriors of the Deep next? Warriors of the Deep, yeah, this is gonna be fun. Mm. So that that we'll um <clears throat> we'll do that over the next couple of weeks and then that yeah. will come out with we'll do that. Let's do that. So thanks for chatting as always. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye for now, listeners. Bye. Bye.